This message is brought to you by the friends and partners of Joshua Mogri. Welcome to Voice of the King with Pastor Josh. The wisdom of God's word will always bring help, healing, and direction. Pastor Josh is a teacher of the word who also ministers with miracles and leadership anointing. He is the head pastor of King's Temple, Perez Chapel International, Tamale, Ghana. Join us for today's message. Praise God. So last week, I spoke about the spiritual preparations for marriage. And it's good. But this morning, I want to talk about a few more. The financial preparation for marriage. I'm speaking at it on two levels. First of all, let me talk about the financial preparation for your wedding ceremony. Because that is takes a chunk out of most couples. Praise God. As I said, on average, if you want to have a smooth wedding, you should begin to prepare, you should use about 18 months to prepare for the wedding. That's about a year and a half. If you are using a year and a half to prepare for a wedding, you don't feel the pinch. If you decide that, okay, we are going to use the first six months to buy the things we need for the engagement, we are going to use the next six months to buy the things we need for the ceremony, and we are going to use the last six months to begin to pay up for the food and drinks that we are going to have to provide, you will not feel that pinch and you will not need to borrow. One thing you must realize is that never ever borrow for a wedding. Never ever borrow for a wedding ceremony. It will be one of the most The criteria for getting married is quite simple. Okay? If you go to the courts, it's pro- if you go to the courts early. You see, part of the reason we have a lot of problems in Ghana is that people wait till last minute before they want to do things. And because it's last minute, when they are told the number of weeks it will take for it to be processed, then they decide to push something under the table to push the documents faster. And then they block the people who came early and then these people now follow up and they are told if you wanted to go then push something. We create a problem in the system. Are you with me? The wedding was not a surprise. You have to register. So by all means, go early. Put in the registration. It, it costs something around $50 or less. In fact, much I think it's about $30 to get married. Are you with me? Now, for the church ceremony, all you need is to be decently dressed and have two representatives each. When I say decently dressed, you can wear jeans t-shirts. It's your choice. You can choose to have rings or not have rings. It is still a ring. There's nowhere it says that because rings were not exchanged in the wedding ceremony, it is not a marriage. Hello? So, all the other things that we have added to the marriage ceremony over time are driven by our need to be expressive. Praise God. But they are not the necessities of a wedding ceremony. Do you understand? To give up 
So two people can come to church in their jeans and t-shirts with their parents' consent and then we will call them forward. Do you take so and so to be your lovely, to love and to hold? Then we call the clergy to pray over them. They are married. Praise God. Now, if you say your wedding is delaying because you don't have money, your wedding is not delaying because you don't have money. Your wedding is delaying because you want to live above your means. Can I be real with you? Or oh, if you want to clap, you can clap. You, you say, I don't, I don't have money for a wedding. No, it's not that you don't have money for a wedding. You see, I, I, was, a, I, was, I was a youth pastor in the church that I was in. And when I was getting married, I decided to get married in a certain way to make a statement. I decided not to wear a suit. I decided not to have a bridesmaid, a, a, a best man or a bridesmaid. I decided to even do I decided to print very limited invitation cards for only the older people and send digital invitations to all the others. Do, do you get what I'm trying to say? You don't need a cake to get married. Now all those who are in the wedding industry, please, forgive me. I'm not trying to kill your business. I am just stating, if you can afford a cake, by all means, go for it. If you can afford a 24-tier cake, praise God. Go for it. Praise God. There's no problem. Go for it. But where you cannot afford a three-tier cake, I, I, I know one couple who, you know what they did? They could only afford one tier. So when they spoke to the lady who makes the cake, the lady said, no problem. We'll put a fake cake on the first two tiers. Just make sure that the person cutting targets the lower tier. You know, they don't cut all the tiers. It's only some of you have cut a plan for your wedding already. So they decorated the thing nicely and they knew that it was the lower one that they were cutting. They cut, they went home. Is their marriage a marriage? They are still married. Praise God. So you must understand that as much as possible, live within your means. Don't do what you can't afford. The Bible says that there is one who pretends to be rich, but yet is poor. And there is one who pretends to be poor, but yet is rich. Don't pretend to be something you are not to impress people who really don't like you. Praise God. And listen to this. At the end of it all, no matter the kind of wedding you choose to have, somebody will complain. See that the food was too cold or the food was too hot or there was this was not doing that. They will complain about your makeup. They will complain about your dress. They will complain about the sitting of the guests. They will complain. You see, everybody comes with an opinion of what they expect your wedding to be. You can't please the masses. So do what you can do and have your peace of mind. A word to the wise. That's the first part. In preparing for the wedding, go with your means. But the other financial consideration you need to make is realize that after the wedding, you are going to have to live. I was thinking about it this morning and I said, I remember what I used my national service allowance to do. Are you with me? 
what I use my first paycheck to do. Sometime this year, we are going to have a whole series of teaching on financial management. But you and the person you are marrying must plan your future. To try and work as hard as we can work, we are going to try and get as much money as we can. When we, we start working, when we can afford it, we buy a car. When we can afford it, we build a house. When we can... Hello? Make sure that there is a financial plan for you after the wedding. Learn to live beneath your means. As a couple, if you are a married couple and at the end of the month, spend everything and of your goes into savings and investment, then you are not living wisely. If you work for the whole of 2020 and there is no financial remnant of all the salary you received in the year 2020, in the year 2021, then you were not wise. Oh, I know Mr. Abu will say amen. I know my wife will say amen. Praise God. Because you must understand that you can't keep spending everything you get. Pastors, my salary is not enough. Saving is a mindset. It's not about the amount of money that you have. Oh, if you want to clap, you can clap. Praise God. So we must learn to live beneath our means. Write that down. I will live beneath my means. My means. That mindset. Stop living as a couple. When you get married, don't try to impress people. Praise God. If what you can afford for the first year of your marriage is plastic chairs in your living room, for by all means, put plastic chairs in your living room. How many times do you get visitors anyway? When people come to the house, they, they will see we don't have a sofa. But you can't afford a sofa. Let's be real. You can't afford a sofa yet. So take your time. Praise God. You go for a car loan, you go for a furniture loan, you go for a house loan. You go for a hair loan, you go for a phone loan, you go for a baby loan. When children are going back to school, you go for a back to school loan. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. It's out a lot of people. I think they think about doing when they start earning a salary. I want to go for a loan. How foolish. How foolish. Pardon my French. No. Young people, when you get married, don't start your married life on loans. You'll be playing catch up all the days of your life. Me, Joshua, I want to answer you for aka Pastor Josh. And Alisa, bank, loan, interest rate calculation. You finish using the thing and you are still paying. And you see, when they do the calculation, they will not tell you how much you are actually paying back. Are, are we together? Take a loan of, you take a loan of 10,000 Ghana cities, and by the time you are paying back 10,000 Ghana cities, so the loan terms are good. Where? You are working for the bank. I say this and people laugh at me. If you took a loan for your car, the car does not belong to you, it belongs to the bank. You are working for the bank. 
took a loan for accommodation. The accommodation does not belong to you. It belongs to the bank. You are working for them. Some of you, you work for so-and-so corporation, but you are part-time workers of so-and-so international bank and so-and-so international bank and so-and-so international bank. Praise God. Look at your neighbor and say, I know it's not you he's talking about. Good. So I said number two. So last week I spoke about number one, the spiritual preparation. Number two, I've spoken a little bit about the financial preparation. Number three, your personal preparation. You must prepare for the wedding and the marriage. Understand why, number one, understand why you are truly getting married. Know the reason why. Sometimes you are truly getting married because the girl threatened you. She said, if you don't marry me by the end of the year, it's over. So you are not getting married because you want to get married. You are getting married because you don't want to lose the person. Are you with me? Sometimes you are getting married because your rent is is about expiring. And you don't see why you should pay another whole year's rent when he says you might so I'm married, let's pull the wedding forward a little bit and see how we can see how, how far. good for one to get married. Because you know what you feel and what matters to you. Once it's a felt need, it's a valid need. But know the reason why you are getting married. Praise God. Work on your character and your personality. As you are preparing, you see sometimes part of the reason why you are struggling in marriage is because of your character and personality. In marriage, we don't say, this is how I am, take me like that. No. Me, me, I don't like those kind of things. Hey, in marriage you will like. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. So, as you are preparing for the ceremony, as you are preparing for marriage, ask yourself, which part of my personality and my character do I need to change? You cannot be a man getting married and you say, I don't like talking. Women, but nature, express themselves through talking. And they need somebody to talk to at the close of day. About everything and nothing. Praise God. They will talk to you about their hairdressers. They will talk to you about people in the workplace. They will talk to you about people like people they don't like. Some of the conversations, halfway through, you don't even know how you arrived there. But it is marriage. You listen. You nod. You say, is that so? And you always support your wife. Praise God. Your wife is complaining about something and you are now saying, but you see, you also need to look at it well. She too, she has a point. Hey, my brother. No, 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 no. At that point in time, T, when she is talking to get it off her chest, it's not a time for advice. It's a time for, it's the next day that you say, hey, come to think of it, after she's cooled down, this, are you sure you shouldn't look at it this way? But it's not when she's saying, you two, you are like that, learn to change. Your marriage will not work. Praise God. You just keep listening and nodding. You may be thinking about something else, but listen, young men, just listen, nod, and then every few minutes, hmm, really? Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Things must change, so you must look at your personality and character. What about me will make it difficult for someone to live with me and learn to improve? 
Praise God. The next one, close all back doors, especially to the men. Close all back doors. In fact, I shouldn't say especially to the men because now the women are meeting men boot for boots. You see, when you are not yet married, everybody still keeps some friends who you are not dating. Okay, not everybody. Most people still keep some friends who you are not in a relationship with but you know that it could easily develop into a relationship. You know, and when you are in a, when you are dating somebody, you keep that as a backdoor. Should in case, that's bad English, but let me use it. Should in case, supposing that this relationship doesn't work, there should be some variables. Praise God. Some alternative pathways. But the moment you make the decision that you are getting married, you need to close those doors. And for some of you, you need to have some very clear discussions with people that you have led on. And guys do it all the time. They don't really want to date you, but they don't really want to let you go. So they keep dropping some breadcrumbs just to keep you interested while they are seriously dating someone else. And you are getting your hopes up. Oh, he likes me. Hey, every evening. Do you know that you may be on a broadcast list? You are there, hey, every evening he checks up on me. It's possible you are on a broadcast list of 17 people. And every evening he types in there, Hello beautiful, how was your day? Hope you've got home safely. Send. Then as they start responding, he now starts engaging them one by one. Oh, my day was hard. Oh, I then did the Oh, then you, oh, okay, get home safe. Uh-huh. So while you think you are special, you are just on a broadcast list. Say broadcast list. Praise God. Hallelujah. Once the guy has not said, we are in a relationship, we are exclusive, don't get your hopes up. I've met too many ladies that have been devastated because you will see on his status, bands of marriage. Do you get what I'm trying to say? And that's when you're not saying he betrayed. No, he didn't. In reality, he didn't betray you because he never said anything. Are you with me? But when you are getting married and you know that you have led people, and some ladies do it, have a conversation with those people. I'm getting married on so and so day. Sometimes the person will be angry with you. But the reason you are doing that is anytime there's a problem in the marriage, the first person you think about calling is one of those people or your ex. If you have not closed those chapters well, you can easily find yourself cheating on your spouse. Especially in the first two years. Do you, do you follow? I know so many people who get married and, and three weeks later, a month later, they are texting their former people and saying, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have married her. I was always in love with you. Why? Because the reality of marriage has hit them. The expectation they had has disappointed them and they are looking for a place to put their pressure. Say minus me. Don't allow young ladies, once he gets married, block him. Give him space. When he starts talking, greet his wife first. Praise God. Because if you are not careful, you will be used to relieve the pressure of a, a new marriage. Are we together? And when you, so you close those doors. 
you have conversations with people. Sometimes there's somebody you know, this relationship is too close. You talk with the person and say, look, I'm getting married. We can't interact the way we are interacting now. Will the person be angry? Yes. Will you feel a pain like you have broken up? Yes. But move on. Sadly, most marriages and relationships have serious problems. Pastor Joshua Mogri brings to you the marriage clinic on the first Sunday of every month. Join us for these wonderful non-denominational marriage and relationship counseling sessions. Time is 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. This meeting is totally free and open to all churches and people of all faith. Join us. You can't be married and you still want to have emotional attachment. You know it is just a month to your wedding, three months to your wedding, and you are still having emotional attachments and long conversations with people who think you may be interested. You are being wicked. Let me just say it plainly. Praise God. It's not fair to do that to somebody. If someone did it to you, would you be happy? The Bible says, do what you want others to do unto you. You see, sometimes you sow some seeds that come back to hit you hard in life. Because of how you treat people. The Bible says, whatever a man sows, he shall reap. Be careful what you sow. Be careful what you sow. You think you can just live any life, treat people anyhow, lie to people anyhow, and life moves on, it comes back real hard. Write down, be careful what you sow. And if you are watching online, type in there, be careful what you sow. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. The next thing, begin to invest in marriage material. Some of you don't own any material on marriage. For this church, maybe you have my book, but apart from my book, what other material do you have on marriage? It's amazing that you find people get married, they've not done a personality test. People get married, they don't know their love language. People get married, they don't even understand budgeting as a couple. You see, these are things you must invest in. When you are going for a driver's license, you learn you go and you write the exam. I remember when my wife went to write the exam. Praise God. Oh, she learned and learned and learned and went. Praise God. And she missed it by one mark. And the person said, if you do something, say you can do something and we'll just sort it out. Praise God. Some of you did something. That's why you don't know the difference between a zebra crossing and broken lines on the road. Praise God. When you see, when you see a signboard that has cattle on it, you say chop bad head. You don't know it means cattle crossing. You don't know the speed limit for, you see, in this nation, this is where we develop the problems from. Praise God. She finally passed. Oh, let's appreciate her. Praise God. I, I, I was so proud of her. She finally passed. But that was just a driving exam. You are getting married for the rest of your life. You won't read. You want to use your parent, the knowledge you had from your mother and father to enter into marriage. And the knowledge you have from boys' boys. When you both sit down around drinks and they say, Hey, as a woman, this is how we, this is what we do, this is what we do. You want to use that knowledge to enter into a life transformative uh, partnership. If you fail to plan, 
you plan to fail. Praise God. Invest in it. Whoosh. Let me jump to the rest. Praise God. Hallelujah. Then you begin to interact with more married people. You see, when you are about getting married, start eliminating your single friends. Because they don't have what it takes where you are going. And start to engage more people who are married. And have good marriages. Are you with me? Begin to engage more people who are married. And have good marriages. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. And now let me touch on the preparations you need to do as a church. We are a church. So let me touch on what you need to do if you are a member of this church or the Perez Chapel uh, family. And this applies, it's generic. It applies for most, most churches. When you are going to get married, you should start first of all with the informal introduction to your pastor. You want to have a wedding? You introduce the lady or the guy to your pastor. You are not coming to tell your pastor we are going to get married. For a lot of you here in church, I remember. Praise God. I remember how you came. Some of you, you are here because your lady came to introduce you. Say, oh, this is the person I'm in a relationship with. And we say, oh, okay. We ask a couple of questions. And one of the first questions your pastor will always ask, especially, you see, ladies, that's why you should bring the men to church. When you bring him, the first question I normally ask is, when are you going to marry him? It's a simple question, but it's a very deep question. Let's us see how serious you are. Because the one who wants to marry you will marry you. The one who is not interested in marriage will keep setting dates in the future. Oh, uh, 20, end of the year. Raining season 2022. Hamatan 2023. It's always... But the one who wants to marry you, when they ask him, you say, oh, all things being equal, God willing, 10 months from now, or I'm about to write an exam, right after the exam, we hope, ha, ah, they'll know where we are going. And we ask. So you introduce the person to your pastor, your pastor can look, can ask some questions, can pray about it, and can advise you. Because by then you are not yet in it. Praise God. Oh, Hallelujah. Then the next thing you do is that you need your parental consent or consent from the family. Note that down. In our traditional setting, that is what we call the knocking. In almost every traditional setting, we have what we call the knocking. The knocking is when your intentions are made to the family. Kind of what we would call an engagement in the Western sense. So, the traditional wedding is not an engagement ceremony. It's a wedding. The knocking is an engagement. It is me coming to say that there is a lady in this house who I have met. We are friends. We want to get, I want to marry her. Then they will ask the lady, do you know him? Then normally the family will say, go, we want to do our research. And in the old times, they will begin to send people to go investigate. Where does the person come from? What is the family like? Are there any... Um, sicknesses or diseases in the family because our ancestors understood that some diseases are inherited you, you get what I'm trying to say and they knew that let me use this word advisedly you can contaminate the genetic pool of your clan by allowing certain people into it so those were investigations they used to make in today's world you meet the lady in a bus 
Three months down the line, you are married. We don't even know where her grandfather is from, where her father is from. You yourself, you don't even know. Praise God. But during the introduction to family, a lot of research goes back and forth between both families. Praise God. Then, you give your formal notice to church. That is when you give a formal notice to church. You now come and say, Pastor, the guy or the lady that you've been seeing me with, we've decided we want to get married. Then we'll ask you, does the family know about it? Does the family approve? When you say yes, then we say, okay, you have given us formal consent. Preferably in writing. For us here, we take it in writing. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. I'm, say, I'm saying this, my young ladies, don't come and hold me and say, Pastor, marry me in three months old. Then after you have done the formal introduction, you do the medical tests. You go and you do the medical tests. We do all the checks for the various diseases or conditions and genetic profiles that can be done. If you come back, let's say for instance, you go and do the test and one of you has HIV, we will not say don't get married. Because you can marry someone who has HIV and have a fruitful marriage with a lot of checks and balances. But we just want you to make an informed decision. An informed decision of what you are getting yourself into. If you realize that there's going to be a high probability that you will have children that have sickle cell, know about it. If you have enough faith to get married still, by all means carry on. But you must know what you are getting yourself into. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. And sometimes we wait for a while and then we send you to do some other tests so that we are sure that it is not a pregnancy. We are not doing a shotgun wedding. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. So after you have done the medical test, then you now have to enroll in four to six months of marriage counseling. Between four to six months of marriage counseling must now happen. Praise God where we now begin to explain to you what marriage is going to be like. We look at your, your personalities, what is going on. And at that stage, if you see a reason why the marriage will not work, it is best because you can still go and end the thing without any wahala. If at the counseling stage, we realize that the two of you will not be a good couple and you yourself realize it, it's not a big deal. You just tell the guy, go and tell your family. I also tell my family that the thing won't do again. We won't do in Ghanaian parlance is just to say, I can't go ahead with this decision. Praise God. But if you go and perform the traditional wedding before you come for marriage counseling, we are doing post-marital counseling, not pre-marital counseling. Praise God. Then after we have done the counseling, the families will meet and have whichever ceremony they choose. If you want to have um, a traditional wedding, we will come, we will be there at the traditional wedding. After the, after the ceremony is done, we as pastors will bless the marriage. You can have an exchange of rings there and we advise you to go to the courts and register the marriage. Praise God. If you also want to come to church and have a ceremony in church, that is also great. We will do that. If you want to come to the pastor's office and have a church office wedding, 
a church office wedding has only about six or seven people the pastor his secretary or whoever is with him the lady the bride the groom their father their mother or witness one witness two witness one witness two and all of that in the office within 15 minutes we now declare you husband and wife you are married praise god this is how we get married these are the considerations you need to make when you decide you want to get married when people know better they do better and that's why I'm taking my time. This does not seem like an altogether spiritual message, but it can save your life. Praise God. It can save your life. The Bible says, my son, pay attention to my word. My sons, my daughters, and the Lord, pay attention to my words. If you go according to these things, you will understand how it is done, and you will have a beautiful, excellent marriage in Jesus' name. Oh, come on, this amen in Jesus' name. Bow your heads and let us pray. Father, we just want to take a moment and say thank you for this word. This word is powerful. This word is anointed. This word is making a difference in our lives. We declare that from today we are experiencing you on a deeper level. And Lord, your power is made manifest. Father, as we go into the next aspects of today's service, we ask that, Lord, you will be a blessing. Cause us to receive from this table of yours and receive a healing and a blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. If you are blessed by this message, you should come visit us. Perez Chapel International King's Temple can be found at the end of the Russian Bangalore Road, opposite the Total Fuel Station, 200 meters from Tamale Teaching Hospital. To order the full-length message, support this broadcast, or book a counseling session, contact us on 054-3035-340. The number again is 054-3035-340. You can also contact us through social media. Search for Joshua Salifu Mogri on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.